Welcome to Passions with Purpose, a podcast exploring hobbies that relate to a deeper spiritual meaning. In today's episode, we are talking all about rock climbing. Our guest, William Hyman, is an international rock climber who loves to enjoy rock climbing as a sport recreationally. Will, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank Thanks you for, for coming on. on. I'm so excited. So we're just going to go through some questions, and um, I just want to kind of, you know, explore rock climbing and um, the passion that it is for you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've talked to me a lot about um, rock climbing in the past and just, like, try to get me to go on a couple climbs and stuff, That's but I don't right. think I'm ready for that yet. Um, all right, so what got you into rock climbing? Yeah, so first, um, I kind of have two phases of my life with climbing, and then the first phase, it was my aunt and uncle. Um, they're actually my godparents. I love them to death, um, but they're super outdoorsy. My own parents, while enjoying the outdoors, are not like they are in that fact, and they would take me to the gym when I was younger, and my uncle, I always specifically remember him because when I was doing uh, one of the top rope ascents, I would get three quarters of the way up and then I would just freeze because I was so scared about how far I was from the ground, which honestly wasn't that far. So they're the first ones that got me into it. And then later in my life, when I started again, uh, it was me and my cousin who got into it together. So that was the way I started the second time. Okay. And about like how many years ago was that? So the first time I started climbing when I was around six and then the second time was right before I came to college. Gotcha. Okay. Sick. So what are some like basic needs for rock climbing, like gear wise? Like I know you definitely have to have a lot of chalk, but like what else? So if you want to start rock climbing, you can get into it pretty easily. All you need first is either a gym near you or to be honest, go outside and find a big rock. Either way, uh, you'll have a good time. For me, the first time I started climbing, when I started outdoors, it was just finding boulders or whatever was around me whenever we went outdoor, um, whether that was to be hiking or something like that. But if you're inside, you can just rent that equipment and that helps you mitigate that expensive uh, first investment, whether that be with shoes or a chalk bag and chalk or a harness, things like that. Um, But if you want to further your career and actually uh, invest in those things, the first thing you're going to want is shoes and a chalk bag. That's all you need to start bouldering, which is climbing without a harness. Okay. So there's like no appropriate like uniform that you have to have, like, you know, cutoffs or like really short shorts or like pants that you cut off the ends of, or like, how does that work? No. So, uh, that's just kind of a dirt bag thing, which is a subculture (laughs) of climbing, but I know exactly what you're talking about and that is there, but it's not a requirement. Okay. I just just had to ask because I know I've seen you rock that around campus a little (laughs) bit. Just a bit. Um, so how much of an investment do you think you've made into rock climbing, like, um, finance wise? I've probably spent, and I only have a portion of the gear I would want to do something like El Capitan or even what I did in, uh, Africa. I had someone else's gear and that's what helped with it. But my own gear that I have, I've probably spent around $500 and that's a lot of that being on sale. So net value, I actually have no idea. I'd have to do the math. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. We we're, Well, this podcast is not about math, so we're not going to make you do that. Exactly. But you just mentioned um, El Cap. Um, and I know that we've talked about Free Solo, which was a documentary that's um, about Alex Honnold. And um, I was just wondering, like, I think he's one of your favorite rock climbers, but like, who are some people that like inspire you to rock climb and like keep going and keep pushing yourself to like train and, you know, just take the next summit kind of thing yeah so um those celebrity climbers are really cool but again i'm gonna shoot it right back to my uncle 
first guy that got me into it. Um, I had him come climbing with me uh, last Christmas. Now is a sad day when I realized I'd become the better climber. And But nonetheless, still remembering what he said to me about pushing past fear is easily one of the most important things when I'm on any wall that I'm honestly deathly scared of where I'm at if I'm in a tenuous position to continue to push forward, try harder. He is the first one I think about. And then, of course, I also see those awesome summits that other guys are completing, like Tommy Caldwell with the Donwell, Alex Honnold with Free Soul, like you already spoke about, and other guys my age who are doing incredible summits. Even though I'm not in that position that they are, it still pushes me to want to try harder and harder and harder and then train to become as good as I can. When you're talking about, like, you know, how you think about your uncle and stuff when you're like, I need to push myself here, how do you get past, like, the danger of the sport and, like, the thought of, like, I could legitimately fall and seriously hurt myself or die. So a big part of that is learning to take those risks, um, compartmentalize them, and let the fear flow through you while you're climbing. An easy way to take those risks and cut them from 100 to zero is just to have the right equipment in the right place at the right time. Um, We call that protection in the sport. So either that's a bolt in the wall that you have a quick draw attached to, which holds onto the wall and onto your rope, or if it's a more advanced piece of equipment called a camelot. Um, either way, those help mitigate that risk, especially when you're outside. Um, and when you're indoor, normally it's a whole lot easier. They just drill through the plywood and into a stud and put the bolt into the wall. But when you're on the void face and the fear factor is starting to set in, it's a lot of times just about breathing, focusing on what you're working on, and just definitely not looking down. Yeah, I think that would be my biggest challenge would be just to like, try and not look down because like you want to see how far you've come but you also don't want to see how far you can fall <laughs> yeah that is a big part of it and i know a lot of people are scared to move either to top rope climbing indoor or outdoor because of that fear factor but from my experience i know that i was deathly afraid of heights when i was at that younger age but again remembering the truths that my uncle was saying about the fact that he's holding on to me he's got me um holding on to that rope uh that really helped me realize to put trust in him and the rope, but more so in him. Um, and just the fact that he loves me and he's there to hold on to the rope so that if I fall, he's got me caught. Yeah. So like that kind of leads into my next question, man. Like, so it's definitely physically and mentally strenuous and you kind of hit on mental side with like trying to just not look down and everything. But what is it like for you spiritually when you're up there and you're like, you know, you kind of have, in some sense, some near-death experiences, right? I mean, so, like, what do you, what do you, what's going through your head in that sense, like, spiritually? Yeah, so I know that a lot of the outdoor community talks about how whichever sport they have has a spiritual aspect, and a lot of this is a bit more of, like, a mysticism idea. I think that what's different for me as a outspoken Christian is the fact that I see God's handiwork as the greatest artist and engineer when I'm in creation. We see most of what he's created working far greater than any machine that man could ever make. And I think that's so cool, especially when I'm interacting with nature, whether it be I'm on the wall and I see a hawk like fly by, I immediately think of the aerodynamics of their wings and the fact that like, yes, we have planes in the sky, but none of them are organic living beings like that hawk, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Also something super cool is just a moment of stillness and presentness that comes with being scared out of your mind um 
even now I still get scared when I'm on a wall and I made that pretty obvious. Any climber who says that they don't is lying to you. Um, even those guys like Alex Honnold and Tommy Caldwell often speak of the fear that they feel when they're on these first ascents that no one else has done. And I think that what's so cool about that fear though, is it drives us to a place of need that a lot of times in our everyday lives, we seem to forget. Like we need God for everyday living, but until we can't imagine, you know, like for instance, falling off that wall, like we forget about that. The fact that we need him in every moment. And then a lot of times if I'm doing an easy route that I've already accomplished multiple times and I'm just doing it as a warm up or for fun, I'll still take that time to pray and just thank God for the abilities that he has given me and the abilities to enjoy creation and see the handiwork that he's made. So whether or not it is a weird mountaintop spiritual experience, you still have the opportunity to see the beauty that's around you created by a God who loves you. That's awesome, man. Gosh, I just got chills. <laughs> um, so as you see God in um, rock climbing and just how that is um, just something that you experience when you're up on that, um, that side of the mountain or um, that climb that you're on, what are some doors that God has opened for you um, because you are part of rock climbing and that is one of your passions? Yeah, so one of the things that I really love about climbing is the community that it has as well. And to be frank, a lot of that community is very lost. And God has given me this passion, I think, and I'm praying that it will continue to go this way so that I can use it to reach those who honestly aren't really thought of as almost a demographic to go and bring the word to. Um, And I've seen this even happen just like in this area where I will go and uh, climb with a bunch of people from my gym or something like that. And it's specifically one time, uh, one of the guys that I was climbing with brought somebody from another university that was out of town. And I was able to literally present the gospel to her through climbing and also a few tattoos I have that I used to illustrate uh, the gospel and things like that. And it was really cool to have that opportunity that I wouldn't have had otherwise unless I had started climbing. And I don't know if she took that to heart at all, but I know that the scriptures say that when you sow a seed or you water that seed, it doesn't go unheard, that the Spirit uses that and that our faithfulness, whether or not it has an impact in that moment, at least honors God. And hopefully I pray that that person will eventually come to know Christ. I just don't know if anything I had in that moment will do with that, but I know that at least I honored God in that moment. That's awesome that you can um, use rock climbing to forge God's kingdom in that way. Um, and I know you hit on this a little bit earlier, just like talking about Africa, but that was a pretty big door that um, God opened for you for this past summer, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, crazy things happen uh, when you start trusting God. But I was reading this book and it was talking about using the opportunities you have, especially for me at this time as a single young guy, to Um, try and further his gospel and to look for acts of service. And so I was praying about an opportunity that would put me way out of my comfort zone. And so as I was praying about this, I walked into my climbing gym about a week later and I ran into a friend there and his parents were there. And so he introduced me to them and I came to find out that his dad worked with an organization called Blue Sky Global. This organization works with people um, in Kenya and have a camp they have team building, and they also have expeditions. And so I went over to work with the camp, and in that process also got to work with their expeditions team a lot, specifically the expeditions manager. He's an awesome guy by the name of Samwell. 
um, love their family a lot. It was an incredible opportunity, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, though, it was one of those cool things where I didn't get to use climbing specifically, but indirectly it took me to an opportunity to serve kids in Kenya and then also do some super fun climbing on the side. But that was not the sole reason I was there. I also was working with the kids. What kind of stuff did you have to do with the kids? Like, what did you get to do and serve them? Yeah, so I worked at a camp there, again, called Camp Blue Sky. And it's just a normal, I think, American camp, but in Kenya. And they're one of the only ones there, which was super cool. So I worked as a counselor, got to share the gospel with kids that way. And it was amazing to see how many kids there honestly really understood the gospel story, but at the same time were so far from it. And that resonated a lot with me, having grown up in a Christian home, but while I was their same age, was just running as fast as I could from God. And so that was a really cool position to be in, being able to give them some advice, having been in their same shoes indirectly. So you feel like you made some pretty good connections over there? Um, just like you feel like you want to go back there sometime? Yeah, so I'm actually working as an intern with that same organization, which is super cool. More U.S.-based stuff, which is also more climbing-based stuff. So I'm enjoying that a little bit more uh, just with the work side of it. But um, I have gotten to know a lot of the people on staff, both the U.S. and Kenya-based, and um, I'm super excited to go back next summer working more on the business side of the organization. That's awesome. So like, what kind of stuff are you doing for the internship? Yeah, so right now with the internship, I'm a marketing intern, and so just a lot of social media as well as working on some other marketing plans, some of which I can't get too in-depth about right now just because they're still in the works, and we're trying to keep them a little under wraps. I got you. Big secret guy. I got you. Yeah, you know. That's awesome, man. So with you know the doors that God has opened and how you want to leverage, um, like you're talking about, interacting with all these different climbers, and most of them aren't believers— where do you see yourself with climbing in the next 10 years? Is it going to just be more pastime or are you wanting to take it further and deeper or what do you want to do with this passion of yours? Yeah. So I'm hoping that God's plan still has me heavily involved with the world of climbing. I would love to be able to work out West, um, probably around Utah, a, a lot of climbing there. Um, but there's also a great mission field there between two people groups. Um, the Church of Latter-day Saints is there as well as um, the outdoor community that I was talking about earlier. A lot of people don't really think of them when they think of a demographic. They think of, you know, I'm either going to go serve over in Asia or Europe or something like that and look more towards the nationality. But this demographic of people often has just as much need for Christ as anyone else does. And I've never heard of anybody going there to specifically reach out to them. And that's something that I would love to do is continue to use climbing as a mission field. Um, on the climbing side of things, uh, me and a friend of mine are both hoping to do climb El Cap before we're 35. And so I know that's a little out of 10. That's more of a tw uh, 15 to 20 year range. But that's uh, just a small pet um, project that I would love to eventually do. That's more just climbing side. That's awesome, man. Now, with, you know, continuing your rock climbing journey and stuff, you said, you know, you do marketing, you make um, content for um, Blue Sky in the, um, in the internship that you have right now. Are you planning to, like, document your experiences with climbing over the next 10 years um, and just, like, work on that in any way? I think it will continue to be maybe a part of, like, my social media presence, but that might 
be the most of the extent of it. I would love it if someone else would want to come alongside and do some filming or photography and things because I think that'd be super sick. But to be honest, a lot of climbing is a very, I wouldn't say like it can't be filmed. That's not true at all. But that's not immediately what I think of when I'm on the wall hanging on from a little ledge for dear life. Um, So if that is something that happens, that would be totally awesome. But I'm also not a top tier athlete like these other guys who should have camera crews on them while they do incredible routes across the world. Is there anything that you want to talk about that like you feel like you should say and like, I don't know. Like, sure. is there anything that, like, are there any questions that I haven't asked you that you would want to be asked about rock climbing? I think that if there's one thing that I'd love to say to anybody wanting to get involved with an outdoor sport like this that might scare them, it's just that you should just go ahead and try. Find someone that you can either rent equipment from, whether that's like a climbing gym, and start climbing in there, try and get out. Find other community members that are willing to help you, which I can tell you there is a ton of them. So many of us want to see more and more people involved in these sports because we've seen the amazing effects it's had on our lives. And I think that overcoming fear is probably the greatest aspect of climbing that I've found is more of the fact that it's helped my mental game more than maybe my physical game or the fact that it's just fun to climb. It's the fact that I have less fear or I've learned to control fear. That's a better way of putting it than I had before. Not letting it overcome me, but let me flow through it. Fear is not a bad thing until you let it control you. And letting it control you is often one of the biggest barriers to enjoying these sports or trying them out. So when you talk about controlling fear, is there any moment or any experience that you've had where you're like, oh, this is genuine fear. Like not just like, oh, I could fall. Like I might be in a bit of a pickle here. Yeah, so I've kind of had two occurrences with that. Um, One where I think was a lot scarier, even though it was a lot less severe, simply because I knew that there was nothing backing me up. Um, The first time where it was less scary, I was in Africa, and I had two really bad holds, and I felt the rope pull on me, started scaring the life out of me. And when that happened, I looked over to my left and realized that the reason it was pulling me was because it was clipped into another piece of protection I'd forgotten to remove. And when that happened, I thought I was going to get pulled left off of a wall and then I was going to swing out all the way across and hit a column of rocks off to my left. And so that, that was genuinely really scary, but I knew that I'd probably hit the wall. It would hurt, bruise me, but I'd still be hanging on by the rope. The part that scared me the most though was actually recently, about a couple weeks ago, I was rappelling down to get a piece of equipment that had to have been unable to reach after placing it. And I slipped on the rock when I was rappelling down and literally started falling over the edge of a little bit of a roof. That's what we call it, or a ceiling on the rock. And so I fell over the edge and I had to catch the rope as it was literally flying through my hands, burning my hands. And I just had to tell myself, you know, clench down hard or else you're going to hit the bottom. And I only fell for probably five-ish feet at the most, but it scared me so badly that I, I've got to say, I'm going to think twice about doing something like that again, especially when it's wet. Did your, uh, did your hands get all cut up a little bit or like? Not really, but they definitely were burnt a little bit. Jeez. Oh, well, thanks for talking about, um, you know, your near the near death experience with rock climbing and burning your hands, but I'll thank you for so much for talking about your passion of rock climbing and just um, kind of the ins and outs of that. Is there anything that you'd want to say to the listeners, um, just something that you'd want them to know or something that you think they should try or just something really easy for them to do to just get started into rock climbing? 
I would just first and foremost, uh, if you have a local gym near you and you're interested in this, just walk in, introduce yourself, talk to one of the employees, ask their advice on some things, ask uh, if you should get involved in it, what you should do first. And uh, I'm sure that they'll give you plenty of advice that, you know, I can't just as a recorded person like really give you besides what I've already said. So that would be my, my number one piece of advice. All right, you guys heard it here first. Um, thank you so much, Will, William Hyman, for coming on here. International rock climber right here. Thank you for coming in um, to the show, Passions with Purpose. Um, hope you have a great day, and we'll be praying over you over your next climb. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on.